Marva, thank you for coming on. Um, let's let's get let's start from let's start from the beginning. We always I always like to start from like everyone's the start of the journey. Mm-hmm. So for you, fo- football for you, what was what was your entry point into football? I mean, I think just my family in general, um, big football family. I always say like my dad and my brother were really big on football. My mum was really big on like overturning gender stereotypes. So when she saw that I was into football, she was just like. I'm encouraging that um, she loved that so yeah there's like pictures of me with football in my hand from like the ages of like two um, and then just started playing in the playground a lot and then um, my mum yeah just encouraged it took me to like a all boys training session with with a mate of mine and then just from there just just fell in love with it really. I read um, your piece on copper so it's a, it was a it's an old one but um the story of how you became an Everton fan almost. Is that almost like bittersweet? Like the last bit of silverware oh. should have been like, it was almost like a celebration. Like, <laughs> like no one, like people win Olympics and they get like uh, roads named after them and stuff. It was like, it should have been so glorious. And then this was the last piece of silverware. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, essentially my my dad's a Spurs fan. You can tell by my accent, I'm not Scouse. Um, so I grew up um, basically halfway between the Arsenal Stadium and the Spurs Stadium. Um, my dad's a Spurs fan, but on my like mum's side, um, like my cousin, my older cousin's dad's from Liverpool and is an Everton fan. So my brother is like five and a half years older than me. My cousin is 10 years older than me. Um, and so my cousin was always an Everton fan. But then my brother had to make that decision of like Spurs fan or Everton fan. And there was the 95 um, FA Cup semi-final, which was um, Everton versus Spurs and, and Everton won and then went on to win the FA Cup. So my brother at the age of like five was like, right, cool. This is this is a team I'm going with. I'm supporting, um, you know, going with my cousin. And then me growing up with two essentially older brothers, my cousins like my brother, that I just had to go with them anyway, regardless. Mm. But we that decision was made on this FA Cup in 95, which also happened to be the last trophy that Everton have won. So in my lifetime, I've not seen an Everton trophy. And not only that, that period of 20, almost 27 years is the longest period in Everton's history without a trophy as well. So my life is just one big Everton joke, essentially. You know what, just thinking about it, like, that's like us being football fans, how much pressure is it to be like, oh, like, as a kid, pick your team. Like I didn't, I didn't pick my team. It's just like mm. I just grew up, and then my dad was a city fan, so he bought me city stuff, and it was like I'm just a city fan yeah. by proxy. But like the decision to be like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick a team. I'm gonna stick with this team for the well, rest of my life. You know what's even worse is that the the uncle that it's from. I was we were with him recently and I think he even said that like he essentially made this had to make the same choice with Liverpool and Everton when he was growing up and I think it was a similar thing if he went to a game where Everton were good so he was like that's my team and I'm like because <laughs> of this one guy's decision back in <laughs> you know whatever year that was I don't want to reveal his age but um I, I could I could be supporting Liverpool right now but who knows? Um, nice. I still I take Everton. I still take Everton over Liverpool. Growing up, growing up. I feel like my life would have been maybe easier if. <laughs> I, had a, I had a childhood friend like who supported Everton, and I like always like it was like a soft spot because obviously when we checked scores and stuff, it was like oh check the Everton score. And growing up, Everton weren't weren't a bad side. Like this yeah. is. This no. is as bad as I can remember it. Like this, this now. You're like well, this. We, we've had, we've had, we have had other um, like. The year, I think it was 2004, we came 17th, and that was a similar battle. Um, but that wasn't after spending the money that we've spent. You know, we were <laughs> still very much underdog then. But the next year, we went on to get Champions League football. So maybe this is an omen. That's me very, very wishful <laughs> That is talking like just like, put it in the universe. Yeah. Put Manifest, it in the universe and, you know, see what happens. <laughs> you never know. Let's um let's let's talk your your writing. So when when did when when did that start to happen? Like from playing football, like being a fan, was was it something that you were always always interested in? Was you like an English wizard school sort of thing? And yeah, like I've I've always enjoyed um actually writing. Like in terms of um yeah, like English was one of my favorite subjects, and just um essay subjects and all that kind of thing. And I, and I always knew I was. I, got quite good at that and I like to sort of but I never really pictured it with football to be honest not until even very very recently 
um I feel like when I was kind of in college going into uni I started to write kind of more like political articles and stuff like that and I, I started to get a flair for that and, and I liked that and then at the same time I was just always tweeting about Everton and just like sports and just my thoughts um and I started to grow a profile on Twitter basically just of like Everton fans started to follow me um and football fans and that but I always just kept that completely separate and my mind didn't even compute that those two could come together and I could write mm. about football and that could actually be a, a job that I would do. Like it never crossed my mind really until, yeah, the last few years where it just actually more got presented to me as, oh, could you're talking about this. Could you write about that? And I was like, oh yeah, I can write about that because I like <laughs> writing and I like talking about football. So yeah, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, it's just grown from there really. How have you found, like, um, this might be a bit of a deep question, but, like, navigating social media, like, especially Twitter, as a female football fan? Like, how, how, how have you found that? Like, what's been your experience? I mean, obviously, it's, it is a mad place. Like, Twitter's just, you have to sometimes take a step back and go, that place is bizarre. Um, mm. Like, I mean, even just, like, <laughs> the reaction to, you know, the whole Will Smith thing, like, over the last year. Mm. It's just, like, <laughs> stuff that people go on. You're, like there's just this this need to have takes and to just go like it's just it's just a you, sometimes you need to take a step back and go that mm, world mm. is mad and that doesn't actually reflect a lot of the world although obviously when it comes to sexism and racism it does unfortunately reflect a lot of the world in mm. in a bad way but for me I haven't had it as bad as a lot of other people have in all honesty but I think part of that has also come from me um changing the way I I deal with it all I used to take a lot of it really to heart mm. um, and I've just had to learn to not engage with that at all um, and obviously you still get it um, I tweeted something recently that went quite big and I just some of the shit I was getting and it's also that thing if you tweet and you don't think like you're not tweeting to be like this is going to be a huge tweet and it, like yeah make all the nuances and and make all the disclaimers it was just like it was a tweet about Deli Ali essentially and all that um criticism about like what he was wearing and stuff and it was mm. going on around the same time as all these cases about um men in football and their their past with with violence against women and I just put out something of just being like why don't these like all these ex professional players who keep going on about Deli Ali, like if people like, that just, yeah if they could just give as much energy into that they could just give as much energy into like talking yeah. about things that matter and but the way I worded it was essentially like you know if they could spend as much time talking about um violence against women as they do about you know a black footballer's clothing and then instead it was just this barrage of like you wokeness and da, 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 and all you're bringing up race and it was just like it was like anyone who knows me and anyone like who gets gets it gets it Do you know mm. what I mean? it's like we know that the way that black black players are dealt with is different we know that when you know when it's come to their clothing and their culture and the way they present themselves on social media we know that gets hyper focused but it's like you can't put all of that into a tweet so yeah once that's on somehow that goes to another side of Twitter who doesn't get all of that, suddenly I'm getting stuff about like being from India and like rape cases there and you need to deal with your people. And like, I was like, oh my God, mm. like where did this come from? Um, but I've had, I've had a lot of other, yeah, bad, bad stuff too, but it's just, um, I've just learned to just, just not engage with it as much. I used to yeah. apply and try and state my case, but, I've just realised a lot of that time that will get nowhere. Um, and I might do it for the first few replies to make the clear disclaimers. And other than that, I'm done. You lot can make whatever you want to make of it. It's so like, even like when you're saying like the Will Smith stuff, like the tweets that come out and then the thing I find hard is like the correlation. Like if something doesn't make sense to me, like I find it, obviously I find it hard to understand, but like I find it, I can't really process it. Yeah. So someone's like, oh, like... Will Smith did this and then that caused this to happen and this to happen and this to happen to, in 99. I'm like, what? And then when some people like argue with your football, like you say something and they reply and you're like, oh, I want to, like, I almost, I want to reply, but I'm like, I don't know. It's almost like, is this, is this a trap? Am I going to reply? Yeah. And then they've put me, they've worded like this to make me fall over sort of thing. And it's 
like I mean, trying to I'm, understand people's thought processes like my, i find like the most yeah, hard thing and people on twitter and on social media media just aren't rational thinkers no. it's like if you say i think you could say i think the sky is gray someone says no 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 but you literally said i think you didn't say it was a fact you didn't mm. say what does everyone else think you put something out there which is your right because it's your social media and it's just this is that's yeah. the bad side of social media just the constant I see it different and I'm going to force you to think the same way. It's yeah. that's not like how life works. And I think, I think it's also that thing of if you're not someone like that, like you're saying, like it's, it's understanding that because mm. I've never been someone to send anyone abuse on social media. Like fair enough, there might be some racist people, right wing people that now and then I might like, I will never send abuse, but I'll be like, I'll take the mick out of them or whatever it is. Mm. Fair enough. If I get that, I'll ha- hold my hands up. I'm like, you can take the mick out of me. I don't mind. But I'm like, to the extent where people are calling me like, I won't even repeat the names because this was the first like big tweet I had. Um, I just criticised Phil Neville in a joking way when he first got appointed um, to be England women's manager. The abuse I got from saying that Phil Neville, who had never managed a team, maybe shouldn't now manage the biggest job in women, England women's football. Mm. I was getting called all kind of names. And, and I like, was right. That's what makes it worse. You was I right, mean, right. Mm. Everyone, <laughs> like, and these are people who would never feel Neville fans mm. either. That was the yeah. other. Thing I, yeah. could, I was like, this is a guy who, whenever he was on match of the day two, used to get cussed out for his football mm. knowledge. But because it's a woman now saying it, like you know, but it's just that thing of I've never like sent abuse like that to anyone in my life. Like, I'm just not a troll. I've never been that, yeah. that person, and so it is hard for me to understand that. But I think where I've really um, matured in that way and not taken it to heart so much is I think it's out of confidence in, in what I'm doing in like the sports world as well, where I'm like, people can now tell me that, oh, you don't know about this and blah, blah, and get back to the kitchen and all that kind of thing. And I'm like, cool, but when was your last appearance on Sky Sports? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. cool, but are you... It, it, it validates you. Are yeah. you reported for the FA? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And it's, it's not even to sound big-headed because I don't even... I have massive imposter syndrome still, but it's mm. just a thing of... I still know that I'm like... These are just people who are just angry with their life, life. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, like, I, I can even see it in myself in that same way I say I'm not a troll or anything like that, but... There will definitely be moments in my life where I'm angry and I'm upset about things. So the way I've reacted on social media is different to other days. Mm. And so I just have to think if that was your life consistently, these these are the people that are coming up yeah. with this stuff that need that attention and, and just need to get that anger out somewhere. And you just can't take that personally. You just have to put that to the side. I know that's way more about them than it is about you. Also, like like I said, like reporting on Sky and stuff, people, that will be like people's dreams and mm. seeing someone else do it, who they like, even if it's their opinion, they don't like it. They think, oh, you don't yeah. know anything. Like, okay, mm-hmm. it might just be bottom line that you don't know anything. That's enough. Probably not going to tweet you for that. But then it's like, now I'm watching you live my dream and I've wasted my life. And they're like, yeah. no, you know yeah. what? I'm angry at you for that. That's your fault. It's like, it's not. You're angry at yourself. But yeah. I, I have it all the time. Like, when I like start to get I can know you can feel yourself getting into an argument or like even like when we go to, I go to the football I have to like I'm like listen in my I'm like in my head I'm like bro you, you get paid for your opinion like yeah. don't don't even talk like let them wheel it off and it's calm like like just if you just think you're right I'm like yeah I'm right cool whatever but <laughs> it is it is it is hard um we actually had our last our last guest on was speaking about imposter syndrome so I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deep on that um how, how have you how have you how have you dealt with it because I think like I, I've, I feel like I've had it before and it's been like almost like crippling like couldn't yeah. to the point where I was like so go from like being so excited to do something and then you get there and you're like like I don't belong here and then it's like you come away and you're like I couldn't I couldn't do what I was brought here to do essentially because I was so I just felt like I, I didn't have any value um how, how have you how have you managed to like I don't want to say deal with that maybe mm. um man, maneuver I don't know navigate yeah that's the word how, how have you navigated them feelings I think it's just a thing of like there's a difference between um not having done something before and not being prepared for something mm. and I feel like I've definitely been in situations where I'm like cool this isn't something I've done before but that doesn't mean I'm not prepared for it 
and it's like just because I haven't had 20 years of experience um you know like other people have or whatever it is which obviously I don't I'm 26 that would be mad if I did have <laughs> but it's like that doesn't mean that I'm not prepared and when I look back at things where I've been in that situation like when I first did some stuff with the FA it was like I came so prepared and as a result no matter what you know feeling I had when I got there and whatever nerves I had it was like it didn't matter because right there on my screen I had everything that I needed Mm. to know and then I think the more you do that the more that you repeat stuff like that then you're like cool I've done this before no problem but also you know remember that skill of like the next time I go and do an interview like I did an interview recently with with Izzy Christensen that was the first like video interview I've ever done with a professional footballer and I was going this is I was like I'm winging this I just completely like I the chance came to me I was like yeah cool no problem they were like do you want it videoed or do you want it written I was like yeah video cool like no problem I do this all the time (laughs) get there I'm like oh my god what am I doing but you remember that same skill of I've Mm. been in this situation before where I hadn't done it before but I knew I came prepared so you you just push through it and then your next one like that will be much better anyway so I think it's just making sure you are prepared but knowing that no one started out with experience how can you that's the kind of experience you you need to go through it to get better um how how did did you find the interview for me like personally doing interviews I still get I don't really get I don't really get like massively nervous but yeah it's until the person's in front of me like, um, uh, everything swirls around my brain sort of thing that could go wrong like yeah like we walking towards me and I'm like oh my god what if they fall so like, I'm like I'm like, I'm gonna laugh and then, then I'm like, <laughs> you have to laugh. <laughs> it was a really it was a it was a weird one because the first so I had to do the interview twice the first interview we did I thought it was a really good interview. She gave mm. such incredible answers. She's a really, like, really cool person, really intelligent, just like, just, you know, media trained in the right way. Like, as yeah, she was, on, um, answers, she was but... on the coverage not too long ago. Was yeah. it, it was the Conti Cup final. And she yeah. was like, yeah. amazing. amazing. Yeah. That's so good. But and... we did it with all the sponsors in the background, which included some Russian sponsors. Two days later, Everton cut ties with all their Russian sponsors. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, makes sense. We had to redo the whole interview. And that's such a weird position to be in because mm. I loved that interview so much. Like, mm. it was, given it was my first video interview, I loved it. So I just thought all the answers were just incredible. And then you're in a weird position of you don't want to ask the exact same thing, but you want the exact same answer. Yeah. So then you yeah. don't because then that's too formula- formulaic. So it was, it was a very, it was a difficult one to navigate. And then I have that kind of thing of, so in the music industry, we call this thing called demo-itis, where essentially you're so used to the demo that anything that gets done afterwards, like all you care about is that demo. And it's just like, mm. you, you can't see past it. And I kind of had that with this one where obviously I couldn't put anything out from the first one. So even oh, though the second yeah. one, there was great, there was great stuff, but I was like, but that first one when she answered it in that way I just you know so it was difficult in that sense but that was a great experience to go through as well to know how to do that and have to like sit there and do my same joke in the in like the introduction <laughs> word by word or like, is he sat there being like but I mean I know that happens like you know people mm. all the time so it was it was a great experience and she was great and Everton were great in, in helping sort it all and and um letting me do it a second time rather than just saying sorry no we can't put this out now um so yeah but it, it wasn't it wasn't a like standard interview uh, speaking of Everton, what was it like being able to get a partnership with them in her game too? And like, what's it like being a part of her game too? Because I don't think there's ever been something like her game too. Yeah, no, it's been it's been amazing. Like, so I wasn't part of the like campaign when it started, um, mm. and I'm not part of like the board or anything. So um, I don't lead on the direction of it at all. But what is great about the ambassador stuff is that it just gives you a direct communication with your club about Mm. issues surrounding women and equality directly with your club which is just like invaluable really it's it's amazing so Everton have been amazing and that you know I made that joke at the beginning about like I could be sporting Liverpool right now but 
that's the kind of stuff when I look at, you know, how they're run as a community club that just, mm. just fills me with warmth because mm. they've just been so supportive. Um, essentially, my role is just me and um, one of the kind of main leaders from the Everton Fans Forum. She um, actually was the one who started the, the partnership with, with the two. Um, and we just sort of talk to female Everton fans, um, get their opinions, relay it back to the club. We speak to the club about the stuff that we think could be improved. Um, we're working on like the different content that can come out of it, which is just like a dream, you know, to mm. like speak about the content to, to grow stuff about women in football through mm. Everton, um, getting like a WhatsApp video that's just Calvert-Lewin supporting, like whilst I was at work, I was like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing. And then Everton as a, as a club have just been so good with it all. Is that is this stuff like being able to do stuff like that? Is that like what you dreamed of as a kid? Like being able to work alongside the club and like not even just work and be oh I'm just yeah. like I'm do this like no disrespect to the other jobs but like be be able to make it like you're making a difference like your things your like things that you think should happen you can present to them and be like look I can we can make this better together so have like a direct influence on the club you you supported since like you were a kid like how, how does that feel yeah it's amazing like we went we got invited um to the Everton Wolves game recently um did like the, the sort of pitch side build-up stuff to talk about it you know got the hospitality treatment got um I had a, an article about sort of Evans history in women's football because obviously the um Dick Kerr ladies game was played at Goodison Park so there's this huge long history obviously Evan women's have been you know one of the biggest women's club since the creation of, of women's football um, in England. So there's such a long history there anyway. And so I wrote a bit about that and, and the partnership too. And that was in like the match day program. So to like have that is just like insane when, when I think of like me being seven and going to a game and like buying the program and being like, you know, I used to collect them and then I went on such a bad run of games with Everton that I chuck out anything to do with them. <laughs> um, like a ticket of like, like Everton's Spurs Everton game the other day in my pocket that was the five nils like, that, 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 that. used to collect just programs it, pulled roots up shredded it yeah. um so yeah to have to to be a part of that now is amazing and, and I had a similar thing when um I got to report on a quarterfinal last year during lockdown which was Everton City and to be to be paid to go and watch my team in a quarterfinal, obviously we lost, but um, and report there in a in a especially during COVID where it was like, you know, there are hardly any people in that stadium. Mm. I'm one of the very few people. And then I remember just getting back to my hotel room and just like essentially crying because I was just like, this is just mad. <laughs> it's overwhelming. Like I, yeah. I found it before. Like it's so overwhelming and. Like the more it, the more you do it, like the more it will feel normal, and then exactly. you have like real realization you moments, and you like, mm. and you like, but it'll be like not like you said, you found the tickets. So like in how many years time, you might like find the program, and like instead of ripping it up, you're gonna probably sit down and be like, <laughs> yeah, that was one. Even though we what, lost, like, um, what was going that. on? Like <laughs> stuff like that, just like. I don't know. Like, I just feel like you never expect it to happen, even though like you wanted to wanted to do something. It's just like I, I didn't know this was a possibility. Almost hundred percent. Um, let's go on to like your your appearances on Sky Sports. How 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 are they? How what's what's like the process like? Because obviously I've I've like I've been I work at BBC, so I have like yeah I know like stuff that side, but like yeah like what what was that like what was like the the like even getting the cool up like what were your what were your thoughts like and feeling the sort of thing so I guess like I've done a few different things that are like social media based or um like BBC stuff I, I do a lot of like radio stuff with world service mm. and like stuff like that but um I've only had one kind of live in the studio appearance which is through Gold yeah. Diggers. and Anita from from Gold Diggers um she chat us in the deep end so the whole time she was saying to me and shy who was on it as well being like yeah like they haven't really told us exactly what it is we were sort of talking about you know safety of women's stadiums and there's a survey that's going to come out but they couldn't reveal what the survey findings were until the actual day and so it was all very vague and like even on the day she's like yeah there's a black 
you know, car coming for you. I'm like, great, great. So I'm like getting in this car to like drive me to Sky Sports Studios. And I'm like, Anita, what's going on? Like, you still haven't told us what, what we're doing. Like, what's the segment? Like, is it on Sky Sports News? Like, what's going on? She was still like, oh, you know, they're not too sure where it's going. Yeah, not too sure. Get there, and Anita's car's running late. So I get there, and Shaza and the, and the producer's like, cool, just get you into hair and makeup. I was like, hair and, like, what? Hair and Sorry? Like, <laughs> hair, hair and what? Yeah, I actually, um, I actually have then, done mine. Like, <laughs> like I'm not used to this lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, after that, they, I was, so then they sat down, and then the producer came over, and I was like, are we... And then they started running through like, oh yeah, so you'll be on in like 20 minutes. And I was like, sorry, are we just, just, are we on live on, on Sky Sports News? And they were like, yeah, 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 you, you guys are gonna be on, on live. So we had no idea mm. at all. Anita just chucked us in the deep end. Then she appeared literally like a minute before we went on. Um, and then it was, a, it was an amazing experience. Like you just, it goes by so quickly. Um, and it's just again it's one of those things that it's not until you do it that you, you do it and you get that experience but before then you're just like you're thinking all kind of things you're just like how am I even going to do this but you just you just do it um you, you came across amazing I saw it on social after it on live I'm, <laughs> I'm so bad at watching like live tv it's like it's impossible like I don't know why I paid TV license, <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw it on social. But do you think do you think that almost helped? Like, like Anita doing not not almost that, not revealing that was her a thought. lot. Yeah, that was why she did it was to so we didn't freak out. Um, but instead, because she was late, we found out before. So essentially, we had twenty <laughs> minutes of being like, "This is insane." Whereas if I'd had like a day of being like, gather mm. myself give you more time to process it yeah but it was it was great and and it worked out well so um gold, gold diggers i so i first came across you guys during it was it was during lockdown it was after the footy blacklist awards mm-hmm. oh, that's when i first came across you guys um how, how long how long have you been involved with that and how, how's, how's that journey been so I've only been involved since um the summer so this season of football basically mm. um but yeah I was I was similar like I'd, I'd come across it I'd followed Anita um for a little while um and like through like BCOM stuff and all of that so um I was aware of it and then she'd put out a thing being like we're looking for for more people to get involved so just yeah just messaged her and then um went from there really but it's it's been it's been so much fun and they're just they're so great and it's just such great content it's just it's so good to be a part of it's just such a good dynamic and like it's such it's such a niche like it's and it's like the name is like genius like (laughs) it's so entertaining as well mate it's so good uh, and you know like one of my favorite things is like men misreading it and like being like in the tweet and then they send it and then someone's like no it's You've misread it and then they go. I'm like, I'm like, bro, like you had so many chances to read it. Like to click to reply, you, you read it again. Like, please, like this, yeah. someone can screenshot it, and it's there forever. Like, please, yeah. bro, like relax. But like being able to have be on a platform where like you can es- essentially like wax lyrical or maybe not, maybe not in your case, whatever, <laughs> but like <laughs> is it is it almost like it must be like almost like therapeutic to have like like-minded people who will 100%. listen to you like that that's for me like when you talk about sports you you want you want someone to listen like because it's like I'm more than happy to argue with someone and be like you know what I'm wrong but it's the unreasonable people being unreasonable and not and not listening like how how do you feel like that's like the perfect place for you to like talk football 100 percent it's so nice to just like have other women um to to chat about football with and also kind of similar to what we were saying i think actually off off camera before but that kind of thing of like women's football is still somewhat um and women in football is kind of protected in a bubble a little bit yeah and there's the kind of very much like let's all be pleasant to each other and, and then you get involved because <laughs> and that flies out of the window. <laughs> there's none of that. And I just love that there's so many personalities on that. And, you know, I'm a bit more reserved, but like when I see the, the way that these look go at guys on, on Twitter, like <laughs> telling them to shut up, I just, it just, 
warmed my heart because it's like this is what guys do all the time this is yeah. the, like you know dumb opinion so many guys have constantly and they're loud about it and they're wrong about it and with us you know I'm not going to say we're right about it all the time because some of the opinions I've heard on that 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 show are questionable wild that's what it is that's that's the entertainment value and I love that it comes with that confidence of no, we're we can say wild shit because this is what other male podcasts do as well. And that's not a case of us being like, oh, we don't know anything about football. So we're, that's why we're saying things. We are coming with our strong opinions and we've, we're backing them up, even if they're wild. We're backing mm. them up with our actual football knowledge. It's just that where that then lands can sometimes be a bit mad. But um, and I just love that, that confidence. And I think they've being on that's really helped me with my confidence in, in just being because I think I'm always quite um especially on, on Twitter quite sort of like respectable and I try mm. and push the boat out too much and, and that mm. kind of thing whereas they've, they've kind of instilled a bit more of a confidence in me to just be like no I'll say what I want to say it doesn't matter like just be like unapolog- unapologetic yeah you, because like. I think as a woman you know you you do grow up kind of being like oh if I say that thing then obviously you're going to get told that you don't know anything about football and blah 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 but they just come with such confidence that that you can't no one can say anything what can you say also i don't know if i don't know you probably found it as well like with with football like especially now that it's so stats heavy Mm. you can literally find a stat that will back your argument up (laughs) and it is crazy um but just thinking about what you said jay like strong and wrong and strong like I, what was I'm gonna that's all I'm wanting everyone to expose himself I'm happy to go first what is like your worst football take like my, mine now is seeming like ish okay but like one that you backed like I put it on Twitter like I remember uh, arguing that you're now wrong about uni. yeah Ooh. but I remember like <laughs> it was I like, when, I it was when Rashford first like first came in, or first got like, called up to United or like not United, but like first team. And he was scoring goals. He, he was looking like, he was like the youngster, weren't he? Like everyone was like, yeah, this guy is sick. And I was ready to die for Kletchy and Nacho. I was like, listen, <laughs> he's better. I was like, he's twice the player. I was like, Rashford can't lace his boots. And I was like, and in my defence, I had so many stats. Like, and actually, I had like one of the best like goals to minute ratios in the Premier League of all time at the time. Obviously, he hadn't scored that many. And it's like, oh, he probably scored like 10 goals. And I was like, look, he's up there. And it was like everyone else was like the little asterisks. It's like of players who have scored more than X amount of goals. And I was like, he's up there. I was like, under 17, World Cup, he was the guy. And I remember going like flying about it. And everyone's like, you're like clueless. And I was like, no, trust me. And now like it's looking. Like there was a there was a stage where I looked even more stupid, but I feel yeah. like Ian Acho is getting getting. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's him raising his levels or Rashford's coming down a bit. Of yeah, there's sort of, <laughs> it's not sort of as as wild as it was maybe like two three years ago. Yeah, but like I remember someone bringing it up to me, and I was like, Oof, like, I, I, like just sent me the tweet. I was like, I don't know who was on my account. Like, couldn't have been me. Like, what an idiot. But yeah, I think that's probably my one of my worst ever takes. But at the time, I was like tunnel vision that's all I could see that's all I thought but you know what like other time I had the stats the stats led me on <laughs> numbers don't lie and I thought you know what here we are I'm trying to think of mine mine was ah oh, to be honest it was very simple I watched a lot of Leicester women last season I watched them in the championship and they mm. they blew away the competition which was fair enough and then they also did really well in the Conti Cup and they beat Man United so I pushed the bar a little and I was like, Leicester are going to get promoted and they're going to finish fifth. They're going to finish above United. Ooh. I, I had so much faith in them. I had so I said, you know what? Like they're bringing something new. Like, and currently they are second to last. So I mean, yeah, oh, I mean yeah, to be fair, my I had a lot of confidence in Everton women. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a lot of people did. That yeah, wasn't you were, th- th- don't don't no, that's 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 cool. you know what? You know what? We have to talk about it. You can say you got done by the Yeah, yeah. So people said Everton women were gonna win the league. I want everyone like people I want people I never said that to be fair. I saw I saw a lot of Everton were dropping Everton were like this with the money this season. But I did think when there was a chat about oh they're gonna be the ones to sort of bridge that gap between the like Chelsea, City, Arsenal, and then the rest. 
and now it's like they're the supposed to like they're the like out of most teams in the league this year they're the ones who whenever they've gone to either of those teams have just been a Mm. 4-0 battering no matter what they've just done the opposite of challenging most teams and it's just like oh yeah I got got that one wrong um I also backed Michael Keane for a while and uh that's proven you you sold your stocks very wrong I was like (laughs) he should I think like two years ago year and a half ago I was like he should definitely be in the England team like what is this like (laughs) Oh my god! I you know what? I, I, um, I don't think that's that mad of a shout. I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to die on the hill for it. <laughs> but I reckon I might have said it. Like after, because I feel like just doing all right. English players, a string yeah. of five, six games in good form, and all of a sudden you go, "Hey, England team," and it's because they play internationals so much. Like think, you're not going, listen, they're going to the World Cup in four years' time. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, they could be an England team. And it's like, okay, that there's an, there's an international friendly every couple of months. Mm. And is it like, is it that deep for you to be like, it's, it's, it's in a few weeks, he's had five good games, he's done all right this month. Like, maybe you should yeah. be in for a shout. And I feel like it's very, you look at me, I'm playing, I'm, I'm out protecting, I'm fighting, <laughs> fighting for you. But like, you're lawyer, you're gonna... <laughs> but then even, even, I think it is just a thing as well with England, it is just, it is weird, especially, sent, I mean, you look at like Harry Maguire, for example, you know, mm. someone who I still, actually, maybe this is a take that's going to get proven badly, but. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm going to be on this as well. <laughs> but... I still back him to be in the England team. I'm one of the very few that thinks, I get why Southgate is still keeping him there. Mm. And I have many reasons for that. And I've, I, I spoke about it on the last Gold Diggers podcast, actually. But I just generally back Southgate, actually, more than a lot of people do, which mm. I feel like is a take that could get me in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> I feel like if we go out, if we go out in, in bad song in Qatar, then that will, that will get me. Then oh, it'll be I'll also be told you, because everyone's been criticising him for so long now, even yeah. when we pass to a final. I'll be honest, I think in... In like teary eyed star vision during the Euros, maybe after the Denmark game, <laughs> I might have told strangers he's the best centre back in the world. <laughs> I was just so, I was like in love. I was like blinded by love. Do you know the other thing is that it was really funny to me was on the last um, Goldix episode. They were t- talking about Harry Maguire and about um, and Mariam, who's, who's a United fan, was going. He keeps running forward. Where is he running to? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> but I remember in the Euros being like, do you know what Maguire is really good at for England? Is he's the one player who takes it out of defence, mm. like because there's so much passing. I remember that used to be such a big thing with England, and it still kind of is. It's like so much passing across the centre backs to the right back, back to the centre back, back to the goalkeeper. Maguire will just take it. Gallops, Dunny, flies off. With England, it's okay because they're such a kind of solid back line. They're not pushed up too high. Mm. And you've got enough, especially when we're playing like a back five, it generally, like you're fine, even if you lose. There was a different sort of intensity as well, especially during the Euros, like, whereas we were probably the favourites in most our games. So everyone sort of like backed off for us and he had that space. And also you've got Walker who just will clean up any mess. Yeah, like he he can always recover. Whereas and, like but with United, even with, well, United. No, with United, the, the Premier League's so intense. Yeah. It's like, listen, we might not have won a game for four and a bounce, but we're not going to yeah, come yeah, here and respect yeah. you. Like yeah. we're going to, we, we can smell blood regardless. And it's mm. like, and it's almost like too much respect in the international game. It's what we did to Italy, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he looked, yeah, I thought, um, I thought he was the man. And then after that final, I was like, listen, these two are seasoned veterans. They know what they're yeah. doing. Maguire's at his depth. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can see his value in the England team. I mean, he's in terrible form, so I would maybe like to see, like, Tamori. Um, yeah, I do think Tamori should have been given a chance. Out. I will say that. But but I get it. Your, your, your previous performances, I've got to count for something for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, as much as you pick the inform players, if you perform well for England and haven't done anything wrong, like, it's, it's, it's unfair to drop him, especially when he's been such an integral part of of the England team. Um, let's, let's let's do some wishing. Uh, your dream piece of content, what, what would it be? I mean, yeah. you've got, someone has emailed you, you've got unlimited budget. Uh, they can, they've got serious pools. You can get any guests. 
like any, anything you want what, what would be what would be your like dream piece of content I think I've got a few I mean like it'd be great to do something like um fun like with the Everton team I would absolutely yeah. love to do something that was like um a kind of you know sort of chunks and Philly type like playing football with them asking them questions whilst doing that that would be amazing but equally one thing that I've wanted to get into for a while and I think it's something later down the line I'd love to get into kind of more documentary style stuff that would more be like my absolute dream like if I ever do that that would be like cool like I've done it um even if it's something similar to you know like Copenhagen's like derby days where it goes into the kind of Mm, the the sociological side of things like I did politics and sociology at uni and that's just always been for me like even when I write about football so often I write about you know women in football and racism within football because it's just um that's just what I always liked writing about anyway um so if I was able to do that in a sort of documentary style um whether that was maybe about maybe about like the diversity of women's football in England possibly but maybe I wouldn't be the best person to do it but even if I helped on that um Mm. something like that I think would be my my dream who who are your your influences like like because I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit like you like I, I really like I don't know why documentaries for some reason like yeah. seem to me like the highest but I, 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 I personally play it down to like Reggie Yates growing up from like growing up in Reggie Yates like he was like for me like one of the only like men of colour in it on TV for yeah, a long time yeah, and yeah. like he did documentaries so I was like yeah like Reggie Yates he also like, kind yeah. of introduced that style of that like BBC three documentary style mm-hmm. it was a bit yeah. more like and there's such a culture of that now, which in a way I think in some ways has gone too far in the sense that we have everyone who isn't an expert doing documentaries about things, which like can go a bit too far in the sense of sometimes, yeah. you know, you need some more experts in this world when we're yeah. you know, in, a, in an era of like, oh, fake news this and fake news that you do actually, you know, we kind of rely on celebrities for their opinions on like the most intense geopolitical debate. Mm. It's like Rihanna doesn't need to have an answer to that. We can focus <laughs> on like experts. Um, but there is there is some the good in that too. And I think Reggie Yates, like you said, was was great at doing that. Um, he was one of the kind of first people to do that. Like, oh, this is someone that's that's personable and that you like. Um, mm. but also, you know, has some knowledge on these topics, and it's bringing that kind of it made it more entertaining I guess so yeah him I'm trying to think well I think it was more just um there was a series of kind of BBC3 documentaries like that I remember one about um like uh the Fashionu brothers and and everything that happened there with Justin Fashionu and then it was it was Mm. his niece um doing the documentary about um like homophobia in, in, in football and there were a few different ones like that where it's just someone who's connected to that yeah going to do one about that and they're not necessarily like an expert expert but they've got a personal connection and I love watching watching things like that one off I mean it's it's the same sort of personal connection but it's not it's not a sport one it was um Roman, Roman Kemp's one yeah on was it, was it, it was like on depression wasn't it yeah, was, on, like, on depression or on suicide yeah. And I thought, like, I remember watching it, like, being, in, like, in tears. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is honestly, like, that was maybe, like, like you said, the BBC freestyle when it was like, no, this was, like, perfect. This is what all the others are trying to be like. And it was yeah. so powerful. It was, like, incredible. I was like, this is, like, but again, it's the personal connection. And he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't an expert. And he didn't know anything about it, but it was almost, you learn when he went to like the therapist and stuff, you learned that you were learning with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was like, he's got all these thoughts and it's like, oh, but I don't know what, I don't know what this means. And it's almost like everyone, like, oh, I don't want to say everyone, but like a lot of people have these thoughts and then to be like on that journey with him was like, it was, it was so powerful. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Wrapping it up though. Well, we, we always go in. We always we always go to the women the women's Euros. I'm, I mean, I'm going to do it up till up to the day of maybe mm. maybe the day before. Um, yeah, let's let's talk let's talk women's Euros. Where, where... I've, I've I've had a thought about it, but I'm going to I'm going to let you go first, and I'm going to come back and say something a little bit maybe polarizing. What, what what do you think about the women's Euros? Are you are you 
Um, let's start with, are you, are you excited? Are you, you going to get yourself down? I am excited, yeah. I've got, I've got tickets already, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about the um, culture that comes with it. I think there's mm. such a big push for, for grassroots women's football when there's a, a women's tournament that happens. So I'm excited for the um, good repercussions from it. I think there was a real growth in women's football after the, the Women's World Cup, um, which was amazing to see. Um, and I also have this thing of, and when I, I went to the Women's World Cup, um, I went to a few games in, in Nice last time, and I remember having this moment of just being sat there and, you know, the stadium wasn't completely full or anything like mm. that. And that used to be something that, you know, I'd sort of worry about and think, oh, how are we going to grow this and, and et cetera, et cetera. But I've got to a stage now where a few different things one thing is that I don't I don't care about convincing men to watch women's football anymore like I do not like if you adamantly don't want to watch women's football I'm not going to convince you anymore like I really actually I don't want you there you know I don't want someone who views women's football Mm. negatively to be there um and the other thing so that was one thing that made me not worry anymore and another thing was just like when you think about what women's football has gone through to get there um, you know, there was not a Women's World Cup essentially 20 years before I was sat in that that seat watching this Women's World Cup. And I remember watching all the stuff about a kind of team in the 70s where women's football didn't officially exist, but there was this World Cup, even though there was no actual team in England and they kind of threw it together, etc. And I just watched that and just being sat there, I was like, this is just amazing in itself to even just have this. Like, we just have to remember how far we've come and just to even have a women's world cup and in this case a women's euros where it's just growing and growing and growing and now there are fans of just the women's game there are young girls going to this year young boys going to this that in itself is just like sick just build from here i don't care if it's not Mm. here compared to men's football and blah 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 i don't care i'm like i'm here enjoying this this is amazing we actually have this we didn't have this 30 years ago yeah the thing about the 50 years like when you like when you actually put it into perspective, 50 years of something being banned because it was successful. That's the crazy yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I remember I even watched on Rakuten TV, there was a women's football documentary. And one of the French players, she said back in the 70s, men would actually attack her for playing, but they would spit her, they would abuse her. So it's like the fact I mean, that all these things are happening, it like does show how far it's come. I mean, you say that, but I grew up with a similar thing. I, mm. When I was a kid playing in the park, I like there was a time where boys would literally kick me and not as part of, you know, tackling or whatever. Like mm. there was a particular, I wrote about this, you know, there was a particular incident where these guys, these boys just bullied me in mm. the park. I didn't know these boys at all, but it was just, it was, I left just being like shocked because I just couldn't believe they cared that much about yeah. me playing football with them, you know, and um, and that's why I wrote that piece because it was like 10 years later in while I was in lockdown and just doing kickups in the park in the exact same park that happened in some teenage boys were going by wool flip whistling and, and just shouting shit things and I was like you know it was like oh, what's oh my God, changed how, almost what's yeah. changed but I know yeah. it has obviously like that is so much that has changed but you get those moments and I think when you get those moments where it feels like nothing has changed when you get another moment that feels like a lot has changed you appreciate that so much more Mm. because you know and having played football myself you know I've like played for Spurs when I was younger um and seeing like there's there's such a lost generation and that's just my age you know like Mm. I can't even imagine the women older than me and what, Mm. what they would feel like but I knew so many girls my age growing up who were incredible they 100% like a particular friend of mine and we we spoke about this recently because she 100% could have been professional like and not in the way of oh if it wasn't for you know my knee or anything I mean fully fully but it was it's not a case of oh it wasn't for my knee it's a case of if it wasn't for institutional underfunding of women's football you know she she 100% could have been that and and not just her there was so I mean the the quality of coaching the quality of like facilities of transport all of that was just non-existent and in in still a lot of places is somewhat non-existent and it's just so sad to know all the the women who have slipped through the gaps and who could have Mm. been you know representing their country and representing 
incredible clubs around the world that don't have that. So having seen that firsthand, I still get very emotional when I go and watch like a, a women's football, like when I went to watch the FA Cup final recently, you know, mm. this, I saw a, a girl with like a shirt that said Kirby on it. And then that just blew my mind. Like, mm. I know that's so simple, but it was just like, this didn't exist for me growing mm. up, mm. you know, let alone for the generations before me. So it's like in the most basic form of it, it's like, it's 50 years behind because it yeah. lost 50 years. And At least 50 years behind. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I'm very much years new, of under, like... underfunding afterwards, you know, it's, mm. it's like, it's, it's the comparison, like, like, and that is just so, like, it's just, it's, yeah. you, it's not a comparison like you're not exactly it's apples, it's apples and oranges like you, and, I, and I believe that about the game as well like I don't <clears throat> that's one of the biggest things for me as well is when people talk about the standards and all of that and I get that but I'm also like you can't compare it it's it's mm. different you don't need to I you don't need enjoy full time football, as, like, well. as, a, not full time. as an all like it's it's here this is this is women's football love that this is men's football love that and it's like they can they can coexist without being comparable and it's like mm. I go there and I enjoy it for for that reason. And it's like, I went to the World Cup at Nice as well. Ridiculous, like, so good. And yeah. I'd never even gone to watch England, like, and it yeah, was yeah, growing yeah. up, it was always our school used to get, like, tickets offered. It was like, you get discount tickets to go watch England, whatever, or go watch the under-21s for free with a school football yeah. team. And I never had any affinity. I didn't care. I was like, England yeah. don't care, sort of thing. And I remember, like, I was a bit like you, like, I remember being there and, like, sitting and watching and being like, bro, like, I'm at a World Cup watching England. Like, this is so mad to me because yeah. I just did not care at all. And yeah. it's like, it was the women's the women's game that made me want to do that. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, okay, but again, if I was always comparing it, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like England. I don't really want to go watch England. I'd never have gone. Yeah. And it's like, they can exist as two separate entities and you can love both. And, and I feel like a lot of people is, no, no, it's not this, it's not that. Okay, mm-hmm. you're not going there for that yeah it's like my favorite player is whoever i'm not going to the women's game I'm going oh i'm so annoyed raheem sterling didn't play obviously bro like what what, 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 what are you thinking like and it's I think it's also just that thing of when it comes to football realistically when we actually watch football we don't watch it just for standards you know when you're watching a men's game you watch it for the entertainment factor just as much you watch mm. it for the game that it is it's a subjective game in a lot of ways it isn't just stats and figures it's it's your emotional connection to it and so, but people seem to forget that when they when they compare them to women's football, because I remember there was a moment it really clicked for me where I was watching Everton men versus Newcastle. This was only like a year and a half ago, I think. It was the last um, FA Cup final when Everton women were in it against City and they were playing at the same time. I was watching Everton Newcastle and it was the most dire game. It was so boring. Yes, if those, if, you know, those men played those women, of course those men would win. Mm. But it's in the game, it's in the context of the game itself. And I'm watching that game and I'm going, this is so boring. They might be technically better players, but this is a terrible game. I flick over to, to the women's final and I'm like, this is an incredible game. It's fast paced, it's, it's back and forth. Because they're playing each other. They're not playing the men, you know, yeah. in the context of that. And that's the reason why you can go to, you know, a grassroots game and love that game. It doesn't matter. They'd get beaten by Man City. They'd get beaten by Newcastle. They'd get beaten by Everton. But you watch it because it's in the context of that game itself. You watch it for the game that it is. You know, we've all watched, like, I remember being at school watching classic games of, you know, under 12s, mm. under 15s. Terrible quality. It doesn't matter. It's like you watch it for, for the, the game itself. Um, and that's how I, I look at it with, with women's football. I don't compare it to men's football. It's just like, once you get to know the narratives, once you get to know the players, once you get to have that emotional connection with it in the same way that you do with, with men's football, you, you're going to like it, you know, if you're a football that, fan. You know what, I actually think that's so, your thing about like playing, people playing at school and stuff, under the 16s, that's, I'd never thought, that's actually so like true. No one, no one back at school was like, we you playing, playing in the garden, in the playground, no yeah. one ever went like, oh, well, that was so good. And they go, yeah, but you lot would have lost to yeah. Arsenal's Invincibles team. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you'd have been like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> I, I know. Like, don't... Well, it's like, you know, look how big like um, grassroots Sunday League football is on YouTube now. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, because you just get to know the, the characters, you get to know the stories and you just, 
you they're playing people of their level and so you watch it for that game and that's just how I see it and like I'm not a big fan of um I don't watch much you know like um championship football for example or league one football but when there's like the playoffs I'll watch it because I already have heard the stories or like if I see like Derby are playing because I know the story of you know like their points deduction and Wayne Rooney now it's like oh, I'm going to watch it. It's like, it comes with also just that that narrative and that emotional connection. And that's why you'll watch a playoff game but not necessarily watch every single, you know, championship game because, all right, the quality, et cetera, et cetera. But once you just like form a connection with a team and a story, you're going to watch it. It, does, it doesn't matter who they're playing. I think that's such like a good thing about the women's game. Like for a lot of people who support like just men's clubs, mm. You got, you got, you got to like, like we were saying at the beginning, like having the choice of picking a team. You have a, you can pick a team because you yeah. don't have to support the women's team of your club because some of them don't yeah. exist. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's like a chance to start afresh almost and be like, you know what, I'm gonna follow this team and I'm gonna get back into it like I was when I was a kid almost, like be find yeah. everything else about it because that's. For me, growing up, that was it. Like I was like, you got collected programs and stuff. And if you took a program from me and went, listen, who's this number for Man City? I could have told you. And that was yeah. that was fun for me. So like... I think it, has, I, it does like, have that grassroots feel. It has that non-league feel to it as well. Like I know people like my brother's... Uh, like my brother goes to Harringay Borough, for example, even though he's an Everton fan as well. But he goes to Harringay Borough for a completely different experience to Everton. It's mm. there to, you know, just non-league football. Um, is it non-league? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have it's just like a, a community and he's got some friends who have a similar thing to that and, and go to women's football as a result, because it's that mm. you get that kind of grassroots feel. Um, it is just about the football. The kind of money hasn't really infiltrated in the same way. Um, and you, yeah, you go for a different reason. I think, and it's a different community and, and I like that about it. And I don't think it necessarily has to replicate men's football in the same way. I think it will actually get, um, it, will, it might be a nicer thing if it doesn't replicate men's football yeah. that same way, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Obviously, there is benefits to that too, but yeah, it is, it's a chance to kind of connect with football in a different way. And um, I think, yeah, if Everton go down specifically, I think <laughs> I'll definitely be connecting with women's football a lot more. Um, no, I already do. I, uh, already, I agree with I, you. I watch like... it a lot more, but I think I'll go to a lot more games mm. if that's the case. It's like when people are like, oh, it's... Like personally, this might be me being selfish. I don't want, I don't want the women's game to go how the men's game gone. Like, like we're seeing it now. Like with yeah. like the political stuff. Like, does that? It's for me. It's like a, it's a purer form of the game. And it's like what you said with non-league. Like, I've done non-league, and I really enjoy that. And it's like where, where else? Like with non-league, non-league football, I, I sit and have a drink with the players after the game. Like, exactly. what? And then it's like. With women's football, I could go stand by the side of the pitch and get a picture taken with them. Like yeah. they'll come over and talk to me, and and you see like, some of the same people there at all the different. Yeah, things. like it's. Like, I just want the players to get paid. That's the what. Yeah, the only yeah. thing. Mm. That's the only thing. And that, I want that is where it. And I, I've, like, I go back and forth about this because it's that thing of I want women to be able to get into football and be able to have the same opportunities that men do, mm. but equally the sort of like like socialist in me and the site you know fighting for equality in me when I see stuff about like just really celebrating oh there's a million pound signing and there's this I'm like and this investment I'm like okay but are we you know like is it necessarily something to be celebratory Mm. of yes it is in some ways because I want women to be able to have that as a viable career option but in the bigger picture of where we go with it I think there's still and I think you can have a balance but I think there's still more we can do with the women's game to still keep that make it something good for the community and make it something mm. that stands for something um, mm. that doesn't necessarily just get lost in with with the influx of money hopefully but we'll, we'll see it's for me it's like it's our it's our it's our chance to get it right yeah, yeah. like because we've like essentially we've got the model the men's model and okay it's worked but is it the best thing for the fans and stuff probably not so it's like okay it's like right we've got this emerging league with these super talented people and it's like like it might it might take a bit longer and it might not be everyone's cup of tea but it's like if we we do it properly like it'll be sustainable and we won't be worrying about owners dropping out and stuff and financial fair play and things like this it will be 
and it it would be it would be better. Like this is look at us, like we're starry eyed, thinking of wishing for better days. But it, it is. You can, like, hope. you can hope. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, definitely. But yeah, it is a balance of making sure they they get what they deserve as well. So mm. we'll, we'll end it on that note. <laughs> we want them to get what they deserve in the that sounds so aggressive but like in a, in a nice way give the players what they deserve you know what I mean? give give the people what they deserve thank you so much for coming on i've, I've really enjoyed this conversation um we'll have to we'll have to get you back on i might maybe after everton win a game again <laughs> no nah, maybe not win a game i'll just say maybe after they go down but <laughs> We'll stay up. We could do a <laughs> Yeah, listen, we're not, I'm not going to be back because they're not going down. <laughs> Marvin, thank you so much, Jay. As always, thank yeah. you, man. Uh, people at home, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.